Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit lifepointpb.com. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it is fun watching kids wait. Uh, this is a video that they've redone a couple different times based on a study that they did in the 1960s, actually, where they said, here's a marshmallow. You have to stay in this seat. And if you don't eat this marshmallow, I'm going to come back in 15 minutes. And if you haven't eaten the marshmallow, I'll give you a second marshmallow and you can have two. And uh, so you see, they keep seeing how, how this is working out. I don't, don't know new statistics, but when they originally did it, there were only uh, one-third of kids that could wait the 15 minutes. How many of you are one of those one-third? Uh, I would put myself in that boat probably. And uh, so today we're talking about Advent. Advent is actually a season in our church calendar for waiting. And we need to be reminded of how to wait well, because I tend to not wait so well. I get antsy, I get jumpy, I sniff the marshmallow, I pick at the marshmallow, I lick the marshmallow, I eat the inside of it so it still looks right when you're still sitting there, so no one knows. Waiting is just hard. And waiting is also something that we have to learn to do well. Uh, I, we're not born good waiters. My daughter, Magnolia, is not very good at waiting. She's 17 months now and wants what she wants when she wants it. And if you don't give it when she wants it, she lets you know she still wants it. And uh, so we need, we need to learn how to do that. And so it's helpful to have these times in our church calendar to remind us of important things, especially important things that are uh, integral to walking out the Christian faith. And so I want to share a little bit about my own experience with waiting this last year. Um, one year and a half ago, my wife and I moved back here. Uh, it was great being able to come back to LifePoint. I grew up going to this church throughout high school. It was great having Troy singing again today. That brought a bu bunch of memories back for me uh, to see Troy back up here. And um, we moved here, moved in with my parents. You all can bless Abigail later for moving in with her in-laws, <laughs> with her husband of a year and a half and their one-month-old into two bedrooms in my parents' house. And for, you know, six months or so, we thought. Uh, the end of the year last year, we were told about a ministry in apartment complexes. And it felt just right for what the Lord was doing in our own hearts, in our own lives. It was just couldn't have been more perfect how it had worked out. We started the process, went through the interview process, and they said, wow, we love you, we want you. There's a place that uh, we wanna place you. They're 
kind of, they said no, they just said yes again, it's been a rush, we might even move you in as soon as January of next year. And we said, that's amazing, you know, where, where would it be? And it's a stone's throw away over by where the target is at Hammock Landings. And we thought, how perfect. This ministry that wants to get people in an apartment complex plugged into community with one another and plugged into a church where a stone's throw away from our church. I don't think you'd pass another church coming to our church from there. That would be, a, that, that's amazing. Lord, let's, let's do that. And the game started. And they said yes, the property owners. And then the management company said no. And then the management company said yes, but the apartment builders said no. And we were, might be next month. Might be next month. Might be next month. Can you wait 15 minutes for that marshmallow? Might be next month. And uh, in January, came and went. February, came and went. July, seven months later, we finally get an answer that's final. And they say, no, we're not going to move forward. Okay. That's now 12 months in my parents' house. Two bedrooms. Now a one-year-old. Waiting's hard. And trusting God's goodness and faithfulness while I'm waiting is even harder. And it is normal and natural to begin to question, did I hear God right? Was this the right move? for me and my family to leave a condo that we owned in West Palm to come up here for a part-time job at a church and hope that things would work out. Maybe I heard God wrong. And the moral of that story is maybe we did, maybe we didn't, but he's faithful through it all. And he taught us a lot about his faithfulness as we wait on him. And uh, I love the song that we just recently introduced, The Goodness of God. All my life he has been faithful. And he has shown up in amazing ways this last year in the midst of that waiting. And <clears throat> so it's helpful to have a season that we get to practice that. So Advent is that opportunity to step in, into the waiting. So as far as the narrative of Scripture goes, we're stepping into 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Those 400 years are represented by four Sunday weeks, four Sundays before Christmas, okay? So we're now in the second Sunday of Advent today. In this expectancy, we're waiting for God to do what he said he was going to do. And on top of waiting for God to do what he said he was going to do, we're waiting in the silence for God to do what he said he was going to do. And that's a difficult place to be. And so it's good as a church to step back into that story and remember 
400 years ago is the 1600s. If a God who spoke regularly, there were writings, the history of the people of Israel, regularly ongoing, and then you didn't hear anything from the 1600s, how hopeful are you he'll speak again? How hopeful are you that he's going to remember what he said and follow through on that promise? You have no recollection of him speaking. Your parents have no recollection. Your grandparents can't tell a story of when they were a kid, what they heard. Silence. What do you do in the waiting? On top of that, as was already said this morning, we're stepping into the waiting of, yet again, hoping that the Lord is going to do what he said he was going to do. Trusting that the Lord is going to come back. Trusting that he is going to come in the second coming. That his kingdom he will bring. We're waiting. We're anticipating. We're hoping. But thank God we have a Holy Spirit present with us in that waiting. He's present with us. He understands our longings. We don't have to wait in the silence in the same way. But it's still waiting. Maybe you personally this morning are waiting. Waiting for a doctor's call. Waiting for a loved one to come back. Maybe you're waiting for God to give direction about where you're supposed to live. This morning we want to talk about how to wait well. One of the ways we're going to do that is by looking at the story of Mary. If you would turn uh, in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. If you don't have a copy of Scripture, the ushers have one and they are walking down the aisles now. You can just raise your hand if you'd like a hard copy as we're flipping through this. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 starting in verse 26 says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. 
And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. This is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In this story, we see how to wait well. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity, Lord, to step into the story of Scripture, to experience what happened as it unfolded. Father, I pray for those right now that are in that period of waiting. God, I pray that you would give clarity. Father, that you would speak in clear ways today. Lord, for those that say, this isn't for me, I'm not in a period of waiting. Lord God, I pray that you would give the ability to, Lord, to understand what others are going through. Lord, that you would give insight into what that experience has been like in their own story. And Lord, that even today you might prepare them for a season that is coming for them. Lord God, we need to hear from you today. So we trust you to speak. Say more than I can. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. How to wait well. There's three things we're going to look at Mary and unpack today. But before we do that, I need to talk about something real quick. It is really important that in this story, what Mary is waiting for, waiting with, waiting on, started with a word from the Lord. It's very important that it started with a word from the Lord, from hearing God and what he said he would do. Some today here, I believe, may be waiting, maybe even waiting on God, but you're waiting on God for something that he doesn't necessarily want for you. You're waiting on God for something that he didn't declare as a promise to you. It's just a preference. Just what I would like. Just the kind of car I want to drive. Just the house I want to live in. Just the family I wish I could have. But is it something from the Lord? And we're going to have time later this service to be able to walk through that some and hear from the Lord because that's an important place to begin because you might be waiting for the wrong things. It's also important because you might be waiting in the wrong way. I think it's possible for you to say, I'm just waiting on the Lord as a defense mechanism to not have to put yourself out there and step out in the water to get out of the boat. It's possible to say, I'm just waiting on the Lord's direction because there's actually fear to, to start what the Lord said to start. 
So you see, waiting isn't for everybody. For a time it is, but it might not be the answer for you today. So I don't want to confirm something that a spirit other than the Holy One is whispering in your ear this morning. I want you to hear from the Lord today if waiting is the right answer for you. And if it is, that we can wait well together. I had a professor that said it's knowledge to know that the early bird gets the worm and that haste makes waste. It's wisdom to know which one applies to your situation. So that's what we're praying for today. Lord, we need your wisdom. We need your guidance. We need your understanding. Because Lord, I want to wait till you say, stop waiting. And I want to move when you say, start moving. We see this modeled even in the way that the Israelites moved through the desert. They moved when the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire moved and they stayed and set up camp when it stopped. And then they stayed there until it moved again. So Lord, we want to follow your moving today. So I'm going to share some knowledge for you. I don't know if it's wisdom for your situation, but I do believe it's knowledge that will help us understand how to wait well when it is the appropriate time to wait well. Mary models for us how to wait in three ways. The first one is that she waits humbly. She waits willingly and she waits trustingly. We see that all summed up in that last phrase that she has. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. That's humility. Let it be to me. That's willingness. According to your word. That's trust. You don't say let it be to me according to your word unless you know the your is a trustworthy your. I don't walk up to a stranger on the street and say, let it be to me according to your word. I don't recommend you do that either. <laughs> Who knows what they're going to say? Can I trust what they're going to say? It's really easy, I think, to overlook what Mary's agreeing to in this. Mary is betrothed, it said earlier in the passage. That's a fancy word we don't have anymore. It means promised to be married. So kind of like engaged would probably be the closest thing that we have. So she is engaged to a man named Joseph. In this engagement, she is being told that you will be pregnant. Without knowing a man, you're going to have a son. She doesn't ask, what do I tell Joseph? You know the guy I'm supposed to be married to? The guy that I'm supposed to save myself for? Honey, it's the Holy Spirit. How well do you see that one going over? She doesn't ask, what do I tell my parents? You see, if you've been to as many dramas as I have, it tends to be a 20-something representing Mary on the platform. She's likely 12 to 13 years old. 
under her parents' roof. How many of you have some, a daughter that's around 12, 13, somewhere in there, or know a girl around that age, okay? But dad, it was the Holy Spirit. This God that's been silent for 400 years, he showed up and he made me pregnant. That's willingness. That's willingness. That's more willingness than we see in Moses when the word of the Lord comes to him. Moses says, I don't know how to speak too good. First things out of his mouth, not Mary. There's a willingness. There's also a humility. I'm the Lord's servant. This might not be the way I wanted my life to work out, but Lord, if you say so, it's the way I now want my life to work out. And the trust, we already talked about a little bit. It's trusting to walk that out. To be willing to sign up and say, Lord, if this is your will for me, let's do it. And it wasn't just a nine-month thing. Later on in Jesus' life, the, I think it was one of the Pharisees had a, a jab at him when they said, at least we know who our father is. Can you hear the pain of that? Can you imagine that teenage girl growing up? The husband who wanted to divorce her quietly to save his honor and her shame, but willing when the angel came to him to say, let's commit to this. I believe this is from the Lord. Oh, here comes Mary and Joseph. Holy Spirit, baby. I can imagine all sorts of things that would have followed them for most of their lives. Then he becomes the crazy man that thinks he's the son of God. I'm sure that didn't add to their portfolio too much. But she says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I was thinking a lot about pregnancies with this story. And that seemed like an appropriate example of what waiting actually looks like. It's also an example multiple times throughout Scripture. You see, Mary even juxtaposition against her cousin Elizabeth, who's been barren. Right? People celebrate when barren people have children. Not too many people celebrate when a virgin has a child. So it's just interesting to compare some of that. And then thinking about what this has to tell us about how we can wait well, I thought about the story of Abraham who was promised a child. 
He looked a little bit more like one of those kids in that marshmallow video. <laughs> Let me figure out how I can help you out, Lord. Let me do what I can to speed this thing along. This isn't quite happening on the time frame I thought it was supposed to. Here's Hagar. Let's just pick at the marshmallow. And in the end, you have generations of pain because of that decision. Because, because waiting is hard. And because when I'm waiting, I'm really afraid that I'm missing out on something else. That's why I hate waiting at Disney. <laughs> we were at Animal Kingdom close to a year ago now. There's a new Avatar ride. Anybody been on the new Avatar ride? Okay. When we were there, the entire time we were there, from the times the park opened, okay, till it closed, that ride's wait was not less than three hours long. Oh. Abigail said, I don't really care to ride that ride. I've never seen that movie. I said, it's okay, honey. We can watch the three-hour movie while we're waiting in line, and you'll be ready. <laughs> Who wants to go to Disney and wait in a line for three hours? Troy, he's the only one that I know that wants... I'm afraid of missing out. I don't want to wait on what the Lord told me to do because what if I'm missing out? My friends are getting married. Why can't I? All the people I know are getting promotions. What do I have to do? What if I'm missing out? And that's where the truth of our devotional that we're reading through together as a church family this Advent season, this week's theme is that waiting isn't wasting when you're waiting on God. That is a lot easier to say amen to than it is to believe some days. That waiting isn't wasting when I'm waiting on God. Because I believe it's wasting sometimes. I believe this thing would move a lot better, Lord, if you would just work at my pace. <laughs> Let's line things up. Go, go, go. We'll be there quick. Lord, I could be more faithful if I just fill in the blank. It's hard to hear from the Lord and to wait. It's also hard because we actually have to trust that God is good when he doesn't match my definition of goodness. 
or at least my timeline of what goodness should look like. This whole time I've been thinking about this sermon, there's a song, um, Blessings, I think is the name of it. We doubt your goodness. We doubt your love as if every promise from your word is not enough. What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through pain? That's re- I've been there before where I'm doubting his goodness. Are you really going to bring me two marshmallows? Or are you just seeing how, you just like watching me squirm in front of the one? Are you actually going to do what you said you were going to do? I'm here to tell you he will. He does. All my life you have been faithful. And yet, about none of my life has happened on the timeline I thought it should. (laughs) But it's better than I imagined it could be. Not because my bank account's where I think I wanted it to be, or because my family's where I want it to be. It's because he's been with me through it all. But I'm jumping ahead to next week. Today, I want to remind you of these three things. To wait humbly, to wait willingly, and to wait trustingly. And as the instrumentalists begin playing for us, we're going to have some time to hear from the Lord. Which of those ways are the challenge for me right now? Because I think there's something special about all three. That I'm humble enough to say, Lord, your way, not my way. I think this, I think this prayer right here is about the closest thing we get to something like what Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. There's a sacrifice in doing this. Not my will, but your will be done. I am humble, Lord, for what you have. I'm willing. I'm not the brother that says, yes, I'll do that, and then goes and does what I want to. Lord, I'm willing to wait the way you've asked me to. And Lord, by your grace, let me be trusting enough to wait the way you've asked me to. It's really hard, this waiting game and this fear of missing out because a lot of it comes back to this idea of, (laughs) but Lord, what about him? Lord, he didn't have to wait as long as I did. Lord, you told him how he's going to die. What about me? How am I? That fear of missing out and that comparison sneaks in really quickly. And here's the thing about pregnancy and gestation periods. They're different for each person. 
they call it a due date, but it's just a rough estimate, okay? They're probably as right as often as weathermen are. And that's just with humans. I was looking up to see what's the longest gestation period that we're aware of. African elephants are roughly 22 months. Those of you who have been pregnant said, that's how long mine was too. <laughs> 22 months, almost two years. I was reading on Facebook. The Lord can speak a lot of different places, people. And there was a post that had this dog that the dog and the elephant conceived at the same time. And a year and a half later, the dog had had three or four litters and said, what about you, elephant? You see, each one of us is different. And each of the words we receive from the Lord is different. And if you think 22 months is long, they've discovered what they call the frilled shark. It actually looks a little bit more like an eel. And the gestation period, they believe, is around 42 months. All of that to say is we can look through Scripture time and time again at the waiting that was involved for a word to be given and a word fulfilled. And God's at work right now in your life. He is speaking right now to you. He's moving. Do you trust him? Are you willing? Are you humble enough to wait well? For the Lord to do what he said he was going to do. So as we take these few moments, the song they're playing has this simple refrain and you can make it your prayer. You can sit there quietly. I encourage you to ask the Lord, is this word for me today or not? What's the wisdom for where you have me, Lord? Should I be waiting or should I be moving? And if he says, no, this is the answer, I'd like for you to ask him, show you how to wait well. So the song that they're playing, the lyrics say, here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. So Lord, we come. We look to you. We listen for you. Father, in a world full of lies, Lord, when comparison can get to us, Lord, I pray that your truth would penetrate our hearts today.
Holy Spirit, I pray that you would comfort those that aren't sure if their word's going to come true or not. Lord, for those pregnant with promise, Lord, would you be their consolation today? Father, I pray for new words today. Lord, that there would be things conceived today because you speak 